0: Bottle Episode is a spirited podcast about spiritist libations. Those under their country's legal drinking age should turn off this podcast and go do their homework. Hey y'all and welcome to Bottle Episode, the professional bartender's guide for the cocktail enthusiast. I'm Lan Tollison, a professional bartender.
1: And I'm Elise, a cocktail enthusiast.
0: Wonderful. Uh, Guys, today our esteemed guest is an international superstar hailing from Australia. She worked behind the bar at Bar Americano in Melbourne. Melbourne. Melbourne? Melbourne. 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 Before becoming head bartender at Dante in New York City where we met. Uh, now this jet setter is the beverage director at the Nomad in London taking on a truly gargantuan task. Honestly, I'm so excited for us to be talking with my dear friend Liana Oster. Hello.
2: <gasps> hey thanks for having me. Of course. Welcome.
0: yeah, it's so good to have you on the podcast. Uh, man the, the the history we have is is brief but but uh, <laughs> but intense.
2: and rich. <laughs> very rich <laughs> a very
0: rich history the two of us have uh, working during the tumultuous times uh, right before the pandemic at uh, Dante in New York City. Uh, but I'm less interested in that. I'm way more interested in like what you've been doing these days. right before I moved away from New York, you were that which was also right before you moved away from New York. Uh, we got coffee like one last time, uh, walked around Williamsburg. And you were telling me about this job at the Nomad and I still like, you, there are so many bars that you seem to be in charge of. Uh, and I'd love to hear a little bit more about that.
2: <laughs> it sounds so weird to like, hear someone say that. It's, it's so funny. I remember that coffee and honestly, it feels like it was years ago, but in reality, it, it wasn't really that long ago. Which it was is... like
0: two years ago, though, almost at this point time
1: is so weird i'm always i'm (laughs) like was that 10 years ago or was that like three months ago i don't know it's i mean
0: yes
2: you're right it's (laughs) (laughs) like yeah actually when i think about it i mean to be honest when we had that coffee i have been in new york for five years and i already kind of thought that i maybe wanted to give london a little bit of a go because i think london has such a rich cocktail history too absolutely um but it's also so incredibly different from, say, like the New York scene or just the States in general. And I wanted to, I suppose, see what it was about, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and the opportunity with the Nomad came up and it was kind of a really, it felt a bit serendipitous to kind of pass up such an awesome opportunity because it is such an amazing company. You know, we all went to the Nomad in New York. Yeah. We've seen what they what they do. I suppose now I can say what we do um but yeah I, I couldn't pass it up so i thought why not let's go um so it's been great and yeah. as it said it's been two years
0: yeah much. it's been it's been like basically two years uh and we don't talk like every day but i do see what you're doing and i'm just like ah <laughs> text you like <laughs> sent you a message over instagram how many bars are you in, tr- in control of right now or in charge of
2: yeah um the london space is ridiculous and gorgeous and we're really lucky we have one bar which which is called side hustle which Mm -hmm. has a lot of kind of base to it it's we serve mexican and a very like baja californian style food there Mm -hmm. uh because it's a it's a passion of our executive chef ashley so she you know lived in la lived and worked in a taco truck for years so that's her passion she loves doing that and we kind of wanted to counter that with drinks as well. So, it's a very big agave-focused bar, love that. Uh, which, which, you don't necessarily find in London too. So, that's kind of a nice, yeah, interesting.
0: W- when I think that's London, I think rain and, and gin. I don't <laughs> Not, think. <laughs> okay. I don't think agaves <laughs> agave
2: and tacos, um, which is a nice kind of introduction to them as well. Uh, and nice. then we have we have a, uh, a bar in our restaurant which is amazing we play a lot with the food and we utilize our kitchen and our chefs a lot more with the menu in there so whatever they're using for the season we like to mix play around with ingredients learn and use techniques of them as well it's a lot more I suppose kitchen immersed which is really interesting and I I love that aspect because I think we used to do bits of that in New York but nothing on a scale like this so I find it really 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 interesting
0: and having a place that's kind of like purpose built for that i imagine is is super helpful.
2: Oh my god, the kitchen is amazing. <laughs> I think we're very we're very lucky, we're very spoiled.
0: Yeah, i've um, i've never really worked in a bar where the kitchen yeah. was the main focus. It and like <laughs> it's it's amazing to see like coming from Dante like what people were able to do in that tiny tiny kitchen, but i always kind of think about like what if we did have this like actual like big immaculate kitchen that has all the -the state-of-the-art stuff uh so that's that would be such a cool opportunity to play with
2: it's yeah when i first saw it i was like alice in wonderland because i'd never seen anything like like that or been able to work in something so big so i was very excited uh but then the last bar that we have is a late night lounge and it's called common decency and it's kind of we talk about the juxtaposition of like East meets West, which London is very, you know, you live in the West or you live in the East. and You don't necessarily travel between the two so much because it is quite spread out. Yeah. Um, so this is a place where everyone just comes in and has a great time. It's kind of everyone meets up. And yeah, it's fun. It's beautiful. We have performances, DJs. Uh, It's very avant-garde. It's just, it's a really fun time. So yeah, I have... All of them and events. So, oh, yeah,
0: they're their own <laughs> animal. Uh, we do a lot of events at Roosevelt Room, and it's always just like, ah, oh, okay, <laughs> they asked for this at the last second. We, I guess, we need to do this now. Um, <laughs> so, uh, also, those are those are just some great names for bar. Those are great bar names Side Hustle, Common Decency. I love that.
2: Mm-hmm. I am. Um, that was one of the things that got me over here once they told me the names. Oh, these are very good.
0: (laughs) These are very cool names. Yeah, (laughs) the bar must be good. Uh, well, this is a podcast where we talk about cocktails, and uh, and later we'll kind of dole out advice for uh, entertaining, home bartending, and bar etiquette. Uh, but the cocktail you wanted to talk about today is actually kind of two cocktails. I'm drinking one of them. Elise is drinking the other. Mm -hmm. We'll talk. uh, We'll examine the ethics and. and we'll we'll do the self examination of the fact that we are recording at noon. And, uh, and has, is
1: not drinking the first drink. He's actually already finished. I'm already it. finished with the
0: first so. drink. <laughs> um, but uh, what are we talking about today, Liana? Uh,
2: we're talking about the Negroni and the Americano, which are very near and dear to my heart. To, be, to my heart, to my heart. Both of them, because <laughs> I have, because I have two. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They really do things different in Australia.
2: We do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Negroni and Americano. I think it's just, they're a perfect aperitif for me. Uh, I have and actually, until coming to Nomad, the bars that I've worked at have been so heavily aperitivo focused. So mm-hmm. it's, they're both drinks that I, when I was growing up as a bartender and learning, they were the two you know drinks and forerunners that both our bars were kind of based on so back in australia and in new york so they've always had a special place in my heart and really how could i not want to
0: yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. i mean the the negroni is, is always a weird one to sell people on um if you're not familiar with the ingredients of a negroni uh specifically the the campari Uh, And
1: what are the other ingredients for those who might not know?
0: Yes, of course. Uh, So the traditional build, the traditional recipe of a Negroni is equal parts, one ounce, gin, vermouth, and Campari. Uh, So you end up with three ounces of booze. Uh, There's a lot of debate on the proper way to serve it, whether it's on the rocks, whether it's served up in a cocktail glass. Uh, It doesn't matter. Do what you want. I'm drinking it on it's the rocks. It's
2: delicious, right now. anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I would personally have it on the rocks, but same situation. I think. Yeah, it's it's a drink that you can. It's very versatile in the sense that you can sub out different ingredients. You could take out gin and then it, and add prosecco, and it becomes a or stuff like that. It's mm-hmm. it's just the base of anything, and then well, not anything, but you know, it's the base of a lot of other styles of drinks. You Absolutely. know, the americano you know, yet again.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong because uh, I'm going based off of like my my like meetings and trainings about the history of the negroni and the americano and like all of these aperitif cocktails back at dante uh wasn't the americano because the americano and we'll talk about the recipe real quick is just equal parts sweet vermouth and Campari and soda uh yes so wasn't the americano like kind of a, a after the negroni a lot of you know tourists and and folks from america came in and were like oh the negroni that's that's too intense for me and they were like all right well we'll get rid of the gin and add soda and that'll be for you americano
2: i am um, and i also i also think too it was so the the base of all of this was the mito which was just equal parts campari and vermouth mm-hmm. and it's called that because campari from milano and then the move from torino so it had like the two of both yeah and then that's where it kind of came from in the sense that i think count, count negroni wanted mm-hmm. his with gin and then a lot of the i think the american tourists found it too bitter so then they like elongated it with soda so it has like the base with all of that really
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: which i am good drinking,
0: old count negroni
2: yeah
1: an americano <laughs> and it is really it is really nice it, especially at like noon um, yeah. to just have it be a little lighter a little more refreshing but still has like the bitterness yeah um there
0: i feel like i remember the first time Elise, that i made you a negroni and you're like <laughs> I-, I don't like this <laughs> yeah uh- it's
1: not necessarily <laughs> my cup of tea i can appreciate it for sure but um I, I was honestly like I've never had an americano before right now, and I, I once you like said that as an option to drink today, um, I was like ooh okay, and like I, it's really nice. I, yeah. I I like it a lot. Um, it just like yeah lightens up the negroni, which is just like yeah, it's it's a li- like a little much for me. I think it's delicious again, but
0: yeah, I, I mean, like the- a
1: sip. I might not want to have like a whole a whole one.
0: Yeah, the the. Mm- For those of you who aren't familiar with Campari, first of all, listen to our first episode on the Jungle Bird. Uh, But also, Campari is a bitter, it's a bitter liqueur. It's uh, like, that's a huge part of what it is. It actually falls under a category called uh, Amaro. Um, And, you know, there are paratis and digestis, and we could get into that, but it's At the end of the day, we need
1: some diagrams.
0: Yeah, I can I can post some diagrams on our on our socials (laughs) whenever we. But like, there's there's like digestives, which are supposed to be drunk after dinner. There are aperitifs, which are supposed to be uh, drunk before dinner, Uh, and this is uh, this falls in the latter category. Uh, Aperitifs are meant to be drunk before dinner and kind of like arouse the appetite a little bit, Um, and uh, it is also quite boozy. Mm
2: -hmm. So there's that. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's I I think you touched on it before at it least it's an acquired taste it's the first mm-hmm. time you have a Negroni if you haven't had it before it is a bit like oh okay this is bitter this is really herbaceous and then yeah yeah. after like your second and your third it starts to get a little bit more palatable mm-hmm. and then... Which,
1: yeah I was gonna ask for a sip of Lance but that is
0: I'll make another one <laughs> <a little>
1: because <laughs> uh, I, I haven't had one in ages because again it is yeah I was just like okay yeah but I'm I'm liking this like watered down version. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe I can get into them more because it is really nice.
0: And speaking of watered down, I like that's that's specifically why I prefer mine on the rocks mm-hmm. because as you let the drink sit and as the time passes, it stays cold, but the ice and the way that it melts and the way that the water really does interact over time with the Negroni, I think is very nice. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I personally find uh, this like the the classic iteration of the Negroni to be best suited for uh, constantly diluting the way it mellows out over time is really nice to me.
2: I agree completely. I think it I think it needs it. Mm hmm it opens up a lot more once it kind of dilutes and then you know the flavors become a little bit more prominent i'm using my
0: hands very much <laughs> yeah i think flavors. Fine. we can hear it in your voice for yeah. sure yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm waving around
0: <laughs> uh yeah and i i feel like uh that reminds me of a, a time that i made a drink for someone uh, at the roosevelt room and i think it was a, some sort of negroni variation and i was like you know i'm serving it to you on the rocks because of this reason how it's going to mellow like the flavors the flavors are gonna be a bit intense at first and then it's gonna mellow out. And later, uh he's he's now our bar manager, uh uh Matt, who was on our episode about the martini, uh he, he heard the guy say to me, Oh yeah, like now that it's mellowed out, I do quite enjoy it. And he's just like, <laughs> Yeah, Land, your drink sucked initially, but now that it's got water in it, it's better. <laughs> I was like, That's fair. <laughs>
2: Oh no! <laughs> I mean, I, uh, what did you make?
0: What did I make? Uh yeah. I, I don't actually remember. I think it was some sort of Negroni variation, um, but I can't remember.
2: But there's so many too, which is kind of the beauty of the Negroni as well. Yeah, you can.
0: Well, there's a whole week devoted to the Negroni, sponsored by Campari. Uh, but that said, um, when we had Negroni Week, I had I made a Negroni for Negroni Week, and it didn't have Campari in it. It had. Beagle A. Kina Kina and uh, Amontillado Sherry and uh, uh, Oaxacan rum. Uh, I think this is the second episode in a row or no, this is I talked about Oaxacan rum during the uh, daiquiri episode, too, Mm. but uh, really wild, like super funky rum and like vanilla extract and was like, here you go Um, and was delicious. It wasn't. Like it had all the building blocks of a Negroni, which is when you boil it down to like its parts, it's like fortified wine, bitter, spirit. And you can kind mm-hmm. of play within that space a lot if you're a home bartender and like make your own Negroni.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. I think there is I mean, you touched on it there, it you know, it doesn't have to be gin, it can be rum, it can be an agave spirit, it could mm-hmm. be a whiskey. Mm-hmm. Um and I think actually hand in hand, I think Dante was a really big uh help for growth of popularity of the negroni
0: absolutely i think
2: and it w- it's also been a growth for bitters and amaros the and there's a lot more products coming out that is there's just more opportunity to use different stuff as opposed to you know classically going to campari you can find different bitters that are interesting and you know that kind of suit the drink that you're trying to make
0: yeah and shout out to narin and his his passion for aperitifs uh and a, or aperitivi is that the proper plural?
2: Um, aperitivo, aperitif. Yeah, I think yeah. it's.
0: But you know that self- that style of cocktail or and mm-hmm. that and that style of spirit. Um, you know there there are a lot of people that say that Dante is the place that that like repopularized the Negroni. Uh, and if you're ever in New York City, I highly recommend uh, sitting uh, sitting, at, sitting at the bar there. It's the folks there that that work behind that bar are some of the most like hospitable and genuinely kind people I've ever met. Uh, shout mm-hmm. out to Manny and Eloy. And I, I really do. I really do miss them. Me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like
2: me too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just remember getting off work uh, after, after a shift at Dante and I think Manny and I had both worked the, the morning yeah. shift and he was like, let's go see a comedy show. <laughs> so we just like walked down McDougal and, I don't, I don't remember where we were, uh, because there are so many bars that have like little basement stages and we just ended up at one of those. Uh, and it was so much fun, but, uh, anyway, the, the Negroni is, is, uh, again, kind of a, kind of a, a polarizing cocktail, but, but once, once uh, the taste is acquired, it, it really sticks with you.
2: It sticks for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I agree.
0: Um, So let's talk. I want to hear, like, what is your favorite? uh, Because there there are different ratios you can use. Uh, You could use, like, a gin-heavy Negroni and make, like, an ounce and a half, three-quarter Campari, three-quarter vermouth, and you still end up with three ounces, but you get more of the flavor of the gin. There's the classic recipe, which is equal parts, ounce, ounce, ounce of the three. Uh, What's your favorite?
2: I'm actually... I, I mean i'm a bit in between both what you kind of said there. i prefer one ounce of gin and then i like a shorter negroni so then i'm three quarter campari three quarter both. Mm-hmm. um i yeah, i definitely prefer you know it to be gin gin forward uh i actually uh have played around with just a couple of dashes of orange bitters in there as well oh, which i think is so. really lovely it's not necessarily common, um, but it just definitely brings that kind of. I mean, you you would normally garnish your Negroni with an orange, so it has mm-hmm. that kind of flavor profile in there anyway. Uh, and I like that; It just brightens it a little bit more. Which yeah. is that's kind of my my go to if I'm if I'm making one at home.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I I, I actually like. I mean, I there are so many uh, Negroni variations, and I personally am just generally more partial to dry vermouth than to sweet vermouth. And so you know, I might switch out sweet vermouth or dry vermouth uh and going back to something you said about dante and like the the menu there there are just like the 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 negroni menu is like not just one drink it's like 12 more yeah we had 12 uh, Twelve. yeah 12 drinks on that menu and like some of them were classic negroni variations you know you've got the boulevardier which is a negroni but with bourbon mm-hmm. instead of gin Uh, You've got the old pal, which is uh, a Negroni, but with rye whiskey and dry vermouth instead of sweet vermouth. Um, And then there were so many extras that were just like, like they still had all of the elements that would make a Negroni, you know, the, the spirit, the bitter and the, and the fortified. But what we ended up doing with a lot of those was, was pretty far afield from what a Negroni is on paper. Uh, and, and I thought that was so cool. And like the freedom that that gives both like bartenders at, at other bars, but also home bartenders to play around mm-hmm. and, and find something that is uniquely theirs and very cool uh, is is so freeing.
2: I, I really agree because I think too, like if I said to you, okay, we're creating a new menu for you know, the hotel and then we're like, we're going to do 12 Negronis. Like, you'd say that to someone and you'd kind of be like, why you know it's not something that in hindsight it was crazy but it worked really well and i think that's kind of yeah that's the beauty of it i think the fact that you know we did something that nobody else had done before so that's Mm -hmm. that was a a special thing and yeah it's it's a drink that just has the capability to be able to do that because there is so much that you can do with it it is so versatile
0: yeah absolutely and you know uh, somebody might say why for for why you might include twelve Negronis instead of something else, but I mean so many so much of like the most beautiful classical music that has ever existed is variations on a theme. You know, it's just mm-hmm. you know that's that that concept of of like making a variation of a of a central theme is uh, mm-hmm. something that is tried and true and and makes for beautiful things. So
2: yeah, I agree. And I mean, we used to have the what, the Negroni session, so it was. Mm-hmm you know, $10, $10 Negronis for three hours and it brought so many people in and they had the, I mean, we used to have so many people be like, I've officially gone through the entire menu now. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily one sitting, but, you know, it was, it was something people would come back to.
0: But also we had folks sit down from like, from like <laughs> lunchtime. I once, I once had somebody, and I think that this was always kind of the, the, the goal of a place like Dante was like, we we, we want people to be able to like sit down at breakfast. And stay till dinner.
2: And be fine. And when they leave, they're fine. They're not like falling over. They're like, they have had a great time and they're good to go.
0: Yeah. And they've had three square meals. You know, (laughs) dessert and like light, (laughs) light, like not super booze forward cocktails. And again, the Negroni is a a fairly boozy cocktail, but there are boozier ones out there. Um, It definitely tastes boozier than it kind of ends up being.
1: I also feel like it's not like super crushable either like i feel like you're gonna be sipping it and Mm -hmm. like enjoying it rather than like whoops i drank that whole thing yeah um so like it's a little boozier but it's not as like drinkable i say like
0: a martini yeah where you might just i find martinis to be quite crushable but negronis i still i still need to (laughs) to sip on
2: because they're on ice it's a beauty it dilutes and it opens up over time Mm -hmm. and you just Mm -hmm. having a sip it's great
0: yeah absolutely well i think my glass has been empty here for a second elise i still have a couple sips left still got a couple sips
1: yeah but i can finish them
0: um well i think (laughs) now is a good enough time as any to take a quick little break uh and we will be right back uh to answer some questions and dole out a little bit of you know solicited and unsolicited advice um you you signed up to
1: be here so yeah you you
0: signed up to be here so i guess it's all my
1: favorite
0: (laughs) uh but we'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, so, you know, I found that most that most bartenders that I've talked to. And I don't know that you necessarily were one of these bartenders, but a lot of the ones that I've, like, a lot of the people that I've lined up to to have episodes on the podcast when I'm like, what, what cocktail do you want to talk about? They're like, the martini. I'm like, shit, we've already talked about the martini. Um, so I want to give every bartender the space to tell me their favorite martini recipe. So, hit me.
2: I, I thank you for this opportunity. I should start off <laughs> <up> with this. <laughs> um, look, I'm I'm pretty classic in a sense. Uh, I'm a Plymouth Plymouth gin martini. If I'm feeling out for it, it'll be 50-50 with a lemon twist. But if I've had a long day, it could be a little bit drier. But that's oh, yeah,
0: it. 50-50. That's typically the way I enjoy mine as well. I enjoy my New York style, which means instead of it being like an ounce and a half of each, it's two ounces of each. <laughs> <laughs> Such a large Agreed. martini. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> which fully negates the, the like... Part of the point of it being a, a equal parts martini, which is like, oh well it'll lower the booze content, but it's like, no, I'm gonna do four ounces of booze, please.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. They are big and then it's like let's dilute it. It's just they're massive. But yeah. I love them. You're right. Yeah. They great.
0: They're great. Um least, do you have a favorite martini style? I don't I haven't asked you yet.
2: Okay. Well, I mean,
1: okay. So there was that one martini at Fox that was a 50-50 and it had I know, I know like dirty martinis are a bit controversial on this podcast, um, but instead of like olive brine, it had olive oil, like a lemon infused olive oil. And, and it's I just like dropped over the top. Dropped right? over the top as a little garnish, but I feel like it just gave such like a cool thing so i want just like olive oil in my martinis now uh i don't i I haven't had many of them i think i've had you make me a couple Mm -hmm. but it it was just so good and it was so lemony and like refreshing and like oh it was so good
0: this is gonna get a little nerdy for a second
1: oh boy here we go
0: um a, 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 a pro gamer technique for bartending uh so you've got the shake you've got the stir there's also an in between called throwing, um, mm. which is when you take uh, you you build it in a shaker tin, um, fill the large tin with ice, and then you you actually like throw the the liquid from you like put a strainer on the ice, and you throw the liquid from the large tin into the small tin and do that uh, like 10 times Pour it really
1: high and pour it really high if you do want to look really fancy at home while you're making a martini practice here yeah
0: so first step on that is buy a mop (laughs) um because practice with water (laughs) but but actually but practicing with water i feel like is actually like tough because the surface tension of of alcohol is it's so Mm -hmm. much easier to throw with alcohol than it is to throw with water If anything, buy some cheap gin or something like that Mm -hmm. because it'll it'll be easier to throw with. Uh, I can I can post a a throwing tutorial on our TikTok throwing Um, tutorial TikTok. But uh, but I with with something like olive oil, if you drop the olive oil into it and then you throw it, it suspends uh, in Mm -hmm. the liquid in these like tiny tiny micro bubbles, and it's so cool. You have to drink it really quick though because the oil and the liquid will separate and then you've got like a lot of olive oil at the top and then you've got the rest of the liquid yeah.
1: which i mean the one that i'm talking about had like a couple drops yeah yeah so it wasn't like oh i'm drinking like it's not like no that's equal just te- parts yeah you know gin vermouth and olive oil it was no like that's just a technique couple little drops
0: yeah that's just a technique that i find uh Cool. Uh, really fun and cool especially when you are trying to like suspend some oil in a mm-hmm. in a cocktail but I'm, I'm i'm currently in the process of trying to figure out how to deal with that but also make it so that you don't have to drink the cocktail in five minutes mm. so my, i'm
2: like my my brain is like i'm like mm. oh it's so I, interesting like how could you
0: i did something with sesame oil um and it was uh it looked so cool, like the light when the light hit it. Like the the little tiny bubbles inside the like that were suspended in the cocktail were so cool. I think I'm just gonna have to do a fat wash. Uh, it won't look as cool, but I think I'm mm-hmm. just gonna have to do a fat wash. Um, yeah. Or
2: makes sense.
0: Or give somebody the caveat that you need to finish this in five minutes, otherwise. Or it's could not you make, good.
2: could you make it just really
0: small? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah, I was gonna say, could you make like a little baby martini?
0: Yeah, a little mini so martini. Like,
1: a, like mini martini, mini teeny. I don't know. <laughs> I will workshop that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, just make it small and like half the price.
0: That's fair. I don't. I don't hate that. Um, I and mean, then
1: you could just order multiple of them, which is annoying for you to have to throw like seventy thousand mini martinis.
0: I will say though, <laughs> you have to order of, one with of a my friend. Yeah. You split it, mm-hmm.
1: and that's how you have to do. You must, it.
0: must order at least two. Uh, <laughs> Not to bring it back around to Dante, but one of my favorite things that Dante did, like especially as a guest when I first came in, was the mini martini, which is five dollars, mm. and it was like I think it was an equal parts martini with gar- garnished with a caper berry, and it was it was just like yeah. they, they had it pre like we had it pre bottled mm-hmm. uh, and just like poured it over crushed ice, and it was uh, like strained it through crushed ice essentially, and it was very very good.
2: It was I could drink a lot of them they were, <laughs> they were like so saying, good that, that, and so smart. they didn't last five minutes <laughs>
0: yeah they, they they certainly did that they, they were also like three sips uh yeah <laughs> i loved them very dearly um but let's uh enough talk about martinis this isn't the episode about martinis this is going to happen every episode we're going to
1: be like 20 minutes of martinis. 20 minutes of martinis. Martini. zone well uh. technically
0: speaking we're at about seven minutes of martinis it's but fine. it's fine um so I do want to hear also a thing that we've been doing is uh, misconceptions that that TV and movies have brought about in the bartending sphere. Uh, what are some that, that really bug you?
2: Do you know what? I've recently seen this and it just bothers me. I think someone, and um, you know, if you guys have any movie producer friends or anyone that listens to this, consultancy in movies would make any bartender it would just be amazing because you watch people bartend on movies and they don't know what they're doing. They're like, it's so hard and painful to watch because you're just like, you're like, this is a craft and you're not doing it.
0: Well, there are literal thousands of people that do Mm -hmm. this for a living and do it very well. And, and what is the, like, like you could have hired any, like you could have gone to a bar and asked them like, Hey, are you free for like thirty minutes?
2: <laughs> even yeah, like, just have a full intense training for a day and be like, "This is how you do this. This is how you do this.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Don't hold a jiggle like that." Yeah, <laughs> or even just
0: like just little thing. Like I think that that somebody has mentioned something as similar. It's like there are, there are lots of bartenders who would be more than happy to be an extra in your in your movie and would like charge the same rate that you would pay an extra. Right, and then you would have something that doesn't look silly. Well,
2: that's it, because I, th- I mean, look, I think probably the reality is that it's only bartenders that pick up yeah. on stuff like this, and we know. But there's a lot of salt there, therefore, it's a thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, there are th- there are so many bartenders out there, and a lot of them are good.
2: And
1: it's also to me a little bit surprising that there aren't more like extras or people that are p- like picking up like haven't done some semblance of bartending in in their career in between whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah it seems like I don't know, if you're like, oh yeah, I bartended, I'll I'll apply for that extra role. Yeah. I mean, or, bartending, or is it just like you sign up as an extra and and you get like plunked into whatever?
0: Yeah. I mean bartending is like the the classic side gig. So you would think that people but also once people get to a certain stage they're like I feel like a lot of people that are in the position that I'm in now have had to have the conversation with themselves of like this is about to be a whole thing that I could really get into is this is this my career or is this just a job because it is it it's very fun and it's but it's also a lot of work and it's a lot of like it's very very taxing so folks have to have that conversation with themselves all the time about like all right. Am I taking this to the next level, or am I, or am I? Is this a side gig? Yeah. So All maybe the good maybe those folks. bartenders
1: decide they don't want to be extras on movies. I guess. Uh, <laughs> maybe we need to make like a quick little like YouTube tutorial bartending for actors.
0: Bartending for actors.
1: I, hold I your finger like this, please, dear God. <laughs> this is how you
2: shake. Mm-hmm. Please.
0: <laughs> it's not. It's not hard. It's just specific.
2: Yeah, there is there are techniques. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: There there are lots of right ways to do it. There are also lots of wrong ways to do it. Um, and I'm sure eventually, if not already, we have some sort of tutorial on how to shake on TikTok or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, and again, there is no one way to shake. There are just there's also no one wrong way. There are lots of wrong ways, there are lots of right ways. Uh and it all kind of depends on like what you're making happen in the shaker. You know, if you're getting the right level of like dilution, aeration and those are the two main things. Uh and how do it, how you achieve those is like not it doesn't have to be hard, uh but it is a pretty specific. There are some pretty specific things that need to happen uh in order for it to not look like you don't know what you're doing.
2: Hmm. <laughs>
1: Yeah, which I feel like honestly there might need to be like a a dilution aeration mini sode where we just talk about that <laughs> because probably like I don't I don't know I I'm
0: maybe know, we'll do how like- do you
1: decide I just know you're like Should shake harder anytime I shake anything so
0: yeah you
2: want on like the daiquiri or then like a whip shake and then something yeah. over ice all of that yeah. Good idea. I
0: mean, yeah i mean they're all like different showing showing the different like types of shaking mm-hmm. too yeah um,
1: which could just be tiktoks
0: yeah they could just be tiktoks we could also just do i feel like this is a very like this conversation is a very visual conversation it is, it is. And maybe so, not,
1: maybe hey not folks, for a podcast
0: hey folks stay tuned uh as we're talking about this episode uh i guess stay tuned and look look to our tiktok bottle episode pod at tiktok because i'll have some stuff up by the time this episode is released Mm -hmm. got like three months
1: (laughs) three months to make a bunch of shaking tiktoks
0: (laughs) a bunch of shaking tiktok
1: (laughs) okay uh so i guess i had a question for you um just because you kind of mentioned like the difference between new york and london and kind of just like the cocktail scene or the bar scene overall like what do you feel like is the biggest difference or like Things you like, maybe things you dislike. Because um, I, I know I, yeah. I studied in London for a couple months, and I, I loved like drinking over there and just going to pubs. I feel like it's so cozy and just like communal and nice. Um, so I just wanted to I, kind of get your take on it.
2: Um, yeah, you. I mean, you actually kind of touched on on a lot of it that I that I feel about being over here. First of all, I think it is the hospitality community is really a community. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a lot smaller than okay. New York, um, but it is quite tight-knit and I think everyone is just really lovely and helpful and it feels it, – it's really lovely. I just think that's a lovely and nice thing that London has for it. Um, it's, di- it's different too because – in New York I think a lot of people like you were just kind of talking about have had that conversation or are having that conversation in their heads and they're like is this my job is this just something for a little bit what am I doing like what do I want what do I want to be when I grow up that kind of conversation (laughs) Mm -hmm. a little bit but then you come here and it's similar but it's also different because London has a lot of to be honest there's not very many British bartenders predominantly the people that you hire are, are from Europe they're either Italian they might be mm-hmm. French um, and it's the same kind of situation It's they're having the same conversation with themselves but everyone that's moved to London this is their job this mm-hmm. is their career and they and they are young like a lot of our bar team are quite young they're like 22 23 24 but they've made that decision already so it's I think maybe it's a and recognition earlier on that this is hmm. what they want to focus on and this is their, like, this is their career, which I which I really love. Um, but it feels diverse in that sense. Like, I think, you know, here it's, like I was saying, maybe there is there isn't as many British uh, bartenders that we have, but we have such a massive mix of people. You, you know, you have, I mean, don't get me wrong, predominantly the bartending scene here, there are a lot of Italians, which I love, which is great. Um, but, you know, our team, I think we have six or seven different nationalities and there's only 20 of us. So mm-hmm. it's so interesting to be able to kind of take from everyone. Whereas I, I don't necessarily think the diversity in terms of cultures was that big back in New York, just for what, I mean, what I would say what we experienced so much behind the bar. Definitely in a restaurant, like you get a lot of people from different areas, um, but not necessarily like, it's also really hard to move to America to work behind the bar. Yeah, you have visas and everything. So I think being in in the UK, it's just there's more access to Europe. So mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's just a bit
0: broader. It's and being just- in New York specifically, I feel like New York has a very, and I I feel like this is a little bit going away, uh, but I I do think that like finding a job in New York at a place that's good is hard, uh, because especially like the first time I tried to find a a hospitality job in New York was like 2017, I think, um, 2017. And half the places I looked at were like, must have five years of experience working in hospitality in New York city. (laughs) Brooklyn doesn't count or whatever. Like (laughs) it's like, and I was just like, there are lots of other busy cities in the world. Like, like must be a New yeah. York bartender. And it's like there there was such a level of just like New York or nothing. And uh, that that was yeah. like made it very hard to like and and I feel like the the most reputable places are not really like that. But a lot of them yeah. like a lot of places there are so many places. There are thousands upon thousands of places in New York and finding like sifting through the places that are that have that kind of toxic culture of like New York or nothing. Uh, to the places that that are like genuinely great to be at and also like will like and provide the highest quality of service and 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 all of that it's it's tough so that that would that's also a huge part of like moving to especially moving to new york but like um and i think that that's changing a little bit you know people well, are starting to realize so. like I think people are starting to realize that there are other busy cities in the United States and, uh, you know, everywhere else in the world. And that, like, New York is not the be-all, end-all of, like, one, quality, and two, busyness.
2: Yeah. Well, and especially as you were saying when, you know, New York is a lot quieter than it was in 2019, 2018. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it's rebuilding again, but it, yeah, it's not necessarily at the capacity that it once was. Mm-hmm um and whereas i mean like if you want to use london for example at the moment there, there are no restrictions anymore so anyone can come in there's no quarantine it's it's kind of like a, a free for all again so trade and tourism and everything is you know picking up
0: i think we're planning like or at least his sister is is planning on going to uh
2: london, london for fall. to
0: study abroad in the fall and so i think we're going to try our level best to make, I a trip would out love
1: there. to be able, like, we'll see. Uh, like it'll, I think it will be kind of tricky to get over there. Just, I feel like this whole year is like booking up. Um, but it would be really cool to get, to get over there and just, yeah, drink. Cause I, I was 20 when I was in London. Um, so like legal drinking age there, but not, Yeah, you not there. so like, I didn't know anything. Um, again i feel like a theme of things i'm gonna mention as like i feel like i know a lot about cocktails now in comparison to when i was 20 panic ordering gin and tonics because i didn't know anything about cocktails and was like that one sounds like cool um and safe um which like no shame but like when you only order that as like in panic um yeah maybe it's time to learn about some other cocktails but I would love to drink and not order gin and tonics in London.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I really want to like I want to see your bars uh, at the Nomad. I also very much want to hit up uh, like I've heard so many good things about the cond bar uh, in London and like the martinis there. And I I really just want to I want to drink martinis in London.
2: If I was gonna say if you I mean if you guys have been talking about martinis non stop on this, the colonel is the place to go. Their martini is divine.
1: Well I guess now we
0: have well, to Now go. I'm super jealous.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I really advocate you guys to come over here. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well We're if for no other reason to see you and, to. and uh yeah. and say hi. We'll go have a martini. Yeah, we'll go mm-hmm, have a martini. Yeah. Um Okay, I think it's time for, for
1: questions for questions.
0: Okay. And I so, think Elise is gonna the gonna lead this segment from now on because I, I feel like first the first section is so much of like me talking to bartenders and like and
1: me occasionally being like wait 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 what what is that um so um our friend savannah uh since we've been uh trying to get questions from our instagram followers because we have not yet released an episode uh our friend savannah asked two questions the first one was what are some staples needed in every bar cart uh so like if you go to the liquor store have zero things and i'm i'm gonna say like let's say you have like a hundred dollars what to start a bar what would you buy
2: uh i would make sure i had a bottle of gin okay a whiskey. Okay. Could be bourbon or rye, maybe, as long as you have one.
0: But an American mm-hmm. whiskey uh, of some sort.
2: Yeah, an American whiskey for sure. Uh, you should have a bottle of rum. Love that. And then for me, personally, you need a vermouth. Okay. I would say... yeah. For, I mean, I'm like... I can't remember how expensive everything is in, in the U.S. anymore. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. how much have I spent?
0: And then... A lot but, of these bottles you can get for less than $20. T- okay.
2: I've got like twenty dollars left then. Okay. <laughs> with that, and then I think, I mean, I it would be wrong with me not to say this, but something like Campari. I mean, Campari, it goes in everything. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not everything, but it goes with everything.
0: Well, I think that that I like. There's a there's a follow up yeah. question here, and I feel like Campari is an answer for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of of staples. Uh, like, and
1: you can forget about my my price limit. I was just like, if you are like I, like don't have anything and want to like be able to make myself like, myself like a couple different cocktails at home, yeah. Just like what what would you start with? Which I feel I, like those are all
2: really great answers. I would actually also focus on like the equipment that you have at home that, mm-hmm. know, because a lot of the times, second thing I was going to ask.
0: Yeah, you. we've talked yeah. about that a little bit uh, in a, in a previous episode, but you can definitely get like a good bar setup. Tool wise for less than $100, you know, a good tin on tin shaker. Uh, you don't need a mixing glass, but if you do want to get a mixing glass, you can get one of those. Like if you want to get something cheap, you can probably get something off Amazon for like 15 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there are lots of other options that are like 30 bucks ish. A good bar spoon, uh, one mm-hmm. of the like Japanese twisted bar spoons and and a Japanese jigger. Um, kind of the way. Yeah, to go. Agreed.
2: I also think it's important to make sure you have good ice or at least ice molds. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I think it's, that's worth investing in the money in it as well.
0: Yeah. If you get a couple, like, I think they're like inch by inch by inch, uh, cubes, uh, yeah. Like What's some you rubber about? cube, like some silicone cube molds. Mm-hmm. Uh, those are good for shaking and stirring and, and you can use them for your ice in general, but if you want to get like more granular, you could get like a, a two inch by two inch, uh, ice cube mold. And then you've got big cubes. Mm -hmm. Um, but having, having ice that isn't just like the crescents that come out of your, uh, your, your freezer is important. Mm
2: -hmm. And also too, I think like basics in terms of having like Angostura bitters or, Mm -hmm. you know, like understanding, or if you're not comfortable making like a simple syrup, maybe you can go buy something like that Or, or having fresh juice that kind of stuff mm-hmm. it's and like a juicer just a handheld juicer yeah, yeah. Um, Which yeah. stuff like that
1: we had we had a couple episodes ago we had a microwave hack for simple syrup which is fun so if you really don't want to get that pot out what was it putting yeah like, like equal, parts, equal parts sugar and sugar.
0: water in a mason jar and oh, then yeah, you've got like a container a mug, for it too a
1: mug or anything just yeah, it, it in the microwave and then like mix it up and like you could pop that right in your drink just if dumb. you don't if you're not yeah. like i'm not gonna get like a pot out to make simple syrup or mm-hmm. i just want to make one drink like you can just yeah pop it in the microwave
0: um i think okay. a caveat i'll I'll add to to all of this in terms of the liquor that you're buying um i think it's a i think i think it's important to ask yourself what you're trying to achieve if you're trying to make drinks for yourself at home and you hate whiskey don't, don't buy, whiskey. buy any whiskey there's no I'm reason like to you. buy any whiskey if you don't like it and you're not like looking to entertain if you're looking to entertain and you're trying to like have a good breadth of things to serve your friends uh then then it is important to have like a whiskey a gin a rum uh some sort of agave
1: if there are a couple of drinks that you know you like like you can buy stuff to make those drinks like if all you Mm -hmm. want to make is margaritas then just get stuff for margaritas or like solely add on to your cocktail repertoire yes um and just buy the ingredients like you would buy groceries for making meals
0: and i think i think again it like price does not equal quality in every single circumstance uh one of my favorite gins of all time is just gordon's gin which is one of the cheaper gins you can find Uh, it's still pretty high quality uh part of why we used to buy it is that it was just like it was like $12 12 dollars for a 750 Man, 13 dollars yeah. for a liter and then 14 dollars for uh, 1.75 <laughs> liters and we were just like all right well Gordon's it is then Mix, Um yeah. but it I, I mean I still stand by the fact that it I think that it is a, a perfectly fine gin um, and like you can get that for pretty cheap uh, for, for American whiskey you can get you can get a bourbon or a rye um, something bottled in bond you know the quality is going to be pretty good. Um, but you can get something along those lines, like a Four Roses or something like that for for less than $20. Rum, uh, you know, you've got your Bacardi's, you've got your uh, cruisians, Those things are pretty pretty cheap. Um, as well as Don Q is a, a Puerto Rican rum that I think is very, very good and also pretty inexpensive. Um, and then as far as... Uh, I think this kind of leads into the next question, which I'll let you ask.
1: Okay, yeah, so... Uh, Savannah also asked what liquors are worth spending the high dollars on and which ones aren't. So yeah. Like, what are you like? Oh man. Yeah. Like ball out on that bottle or just like "Mm, maybe pass on that or Uh like something you see that like everyone has that you just be like, maybe just get the Gordons or whatever.
2: I, I, I'm really passionate about, I think, Like tequila or mezcal is something Mm. that you should spend the money on because unfortunately there are so many bad, well, I mean, bad's a bad thing, like a bad word to say, but there are some, not some great tequilas out there that you can get really cheap for. And, you know, a lot of the times and they're not made, you know, in not necessarily the right way, but they might not follow the, you know, agave guidelines to make tequila or they're very much on the edge of what goes in there that yeah. is allowed.
0: You can have something that is I think it's like 51% blue agave and yeah. you can call it tequila even if the rest of it is like grain alcohol. Um so when you're looking for tequila you really do want to find something that is like it does say like 100% agave on there. As long as it says 100% agave, like the the quality will be at least baseline fine. Um and you can find those bottles for like 20, 30 bucks. Um, but they are like, depending on where you live. Um, I know that I was able to find like Altos and Esplon for like $20 flat back in Nashville, but I think it's a little bit more expensive here. Um, Mezcal. Uh, if you're spending less than $30 on Mezcal, then you're probably doing it wrong. You probably shouldn't be buying it. <laughs> that's, and that's just like the way that it, it, take the, the amount of time and effort it takes to make good mezcal uh you can get good mezcal for about 30 bucks but but it is like uh if you're spending less than that then you're probably not getting something that is like the quality that you're looking for
2: yeah i completely agree um but yeah that would be my that would be the one that i would say to definitely spend the money on and be aware of nice. the yeah the cheaper options
0: i i think that this also like is kind of where things like campari and and your like your more expensive uh, like mixers and and uh, liqueurs come in uh, if you have something that you really enjoy or or something that you want to test out uh, that bottle's probably gonna last you a while unless you're making cocktails with it every day a bottle of Campari is gonna last you months uh, before you pour the last drop of it I mm-hmm. know uh, I've had a bottle of Campari for a while because I don't make that many Negronis at home.
1: Yeah, which I feel like also like okay. So if you're gonna spend like fifteen dollars on a cocktail, and then you want to make stuff at home, like I feel like the thirty dollars on a bottle becomes mm-hmm. a little more you can easy to stomach. Yeah, um, and absolutely. then I just justify buying way too many things, but it's fine.
0: But, but those higher end, <laughs> those higher end liqueurs and 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 like amari and things like that, uh, those definitely I think are worth spending the money on. If you like them, and if you plan on using them, uh, because Mm -hmm. they will go quite a long way, and that like thirty, thirty to forty dollars that you would spend on that bottle, um, is like many many cocktails worth.
2: Mm -hmm. The value's
0: there. Yeah. Uh, The only other thing that I have on that question is uh, Scotch. I find that Scotch is, uh, Scotch is more expensive simply because of. The import costs, something that's that's coming from overseas is usually going to be a little bit more expensive. And I think we have like some some pretty high tariffs on, on things like scotch. Um, and so buying decent scotch again, you're probably going to be spending between 30 and 40 dollars on like a baseline bottle of scotch in the US. Um, and I think that that's different in like that might be a little bit different in London. I've never bought scotch in London.
2: I think we're out. We're very lucky as Scotland is still technically a part of the UK. So uh, <laughs> yeah. we, uh, we got very lucky on this. Actually, it's funny you say that because Scotch is, you know, quite, quite accessible for us here, but. Trying to find any form of agave in terms of mm. ex- exporting or importing in tariffs and stuff like that, it's very difficult. So it's very funny how it's just depending on what part of the world you are, how easy it is to obtain something.
0: Well, for all of our London fans, let's translate all of this to, to pounds, <coughs> right? Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah. for agave, like if if I'm saying like the, the the least you should spend on a bottle of of mezcal is thirty bucks. Oh boy, what is, how much is that in pounds? What is the exchange? rate? Or, what, I mean, what I is, it. or not even some... not even the exchange rate. Let's let's talk about tariffs and all that kind of stuff. Like how much would how much could you get a bottle of like Del Maguey Vita, which is like a good it's, baseline mezcal? It's probably
2: like forty or fifty pound, which is maybe like 60, sixty, seventy.
0: Yeah, dollars. that's a lot of money for. It's big, and and like don't get me wrong. Uh, Vita is is great, great mezcal, um, but it is also like a pretty baseline mezcal. It, it
2: it yeah, it is, and especially for like the entire range that they have, and then mm-hmm. you know you go into if you look into the rest of the range, it just it just goes up and up and up. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh,
0: I, I like I recently like as a Christmas present to myself, I bought a bottle of uh, Tobala, which here was like yeah. hundred and fifty bucks. Um, I don't. I shudder to think <laughs> what that would cost in the UK.
2: I'm trying to think. I think yeah, retail it would be very pricey. Yeah, probably in the two hundreds. Damn.
0: Yeah. Uh, so if you like agave, don't move to London, I guess. <laughs> uh, but if you like Scotch, definitely move <laughs> to London. Yeah. So I think that that will just about uh, do it for us. So, um, thank you so much for for joining us, Liana. It's been quite a pleasure to like not only talk cocktails with you, but also catch up. It's been far Mm -hmm. too long. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, Thank Thank you you so much for having me. I agree. It has been far too long.
0: Yes. Well, we'll, I'll, I'll, I would very much like to visit London. So uh, we'll see you then. That sounds amazing. I would love it. Well, it's been so nice. Uh, Thanks so much. Uh, I'll, oh, real quick. Do you have anything that you would like to plug?
2: Oh, Oh God, I don't know. I think maybe if anyone, if this has inspired anyone to come to London, definitely come and see us at the Nomad. I know. <laughs> that's a, that's about the best thing I have I to plug at it. the moment. Sure. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, head to the Nomad, uh, get some drinks there, stay there if you're feeling fancy. Uh, and uh, I'll plug a few things real quick. Um, if you have any, uh, questions for us please please send them our way you can send them to either bottle episode pod at gmail.com or bottle episode pod on on instagram you can dm us mm-hmm. uh, if you have any if you have any desire to watch the the tutorial videos on any of these cocktails uh we'll post a new co- a new cocktail video for every episode that we release and we'll be doing other other things in mm-hmm. the meantime i imagine uh, you can do that at tiktok at bottle episode pod um, <laughs> you how about you just do bottle that?
1: episode pod on TikTok? Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I never get this right.
1: TikTok.com slash bottle episode pod um, at gmail.com. Uh, no, yeah, we'll be there.
0: Uh, and by this point, we'll we'll be about three months in. We're, we're our first release. Wow. Our first episode is releasing like literally this week. Uh, yeah, maybe so we'll have for- some
1: actual listener. Yeah. So hopefully we'll have some actual listener questions. Yeah.
0: Uh, But in the meantime, uh, thank you all so much. Uh, And if you've enjoyed the podcast thus far, please leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. If you don't like the show, send us an email. Don't give us a bad review. Um, (laughs) Give us a bad review in person. Uh, Say it to our face. Say it to our faces because we want to hear about it and we want to know how to get better.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, We're learning. Yeah. We're learning. Thank y'all so much, uh, and we will see y'all in a couple weeks.
2: See ya! Bye. I just envision that with you singing along to it. I'm, I'm really
0: good. <laughs> I for think it. eventually we'll get <laughs> to that point.